0: Hello, welcome back to the Libertarian Republican Podcast. This is episode 133, and I'm Chris. And uh, today I want to talk about the... I want to do like a follow-up to episode 58 of the episode I did called... Uh, the title was, the. Is the Dollar Dying? That was the title. And... Uh, That was, I think, that was maybe six months ago, eight months ago, around there somewhere, maybe a year ago. I don't even remember anymore. But I was really concerned about this whole, about, first of all, inflation, uh, devaluing the dollar, the value of the dollar, and us and the dollar losing its status as the reserve, the world reserve currency. So I've talked about this before, about in you know the last a bunch of episodes about how the, the the US dollar is the world's reserve currency and basically the inflation is the inflation is pushing other countries away from using the dollar as its reserve currency because as the the if when people use the the uh, the dollar they're basically uh, they they are using that dollar to interact among themselves to exchange among themselves like you know peru and bolivia when they buy things from each other they they use dollars they they switch their currency into a into a dollar or you know maybe not all the time maybe not those two exact countries but you get the the gist of it they use the dollar as and they use the system the world the swift system the dollar system is the the dollar is the glue that holds the banking system together, the whole world basically. And, And so they have to hold reserves in dollars in order to use that system. And, but with all this inflation, with all of our money printing and all of our, how we have, the United States has abused our position as the issuer of the reserve currency. They, their reserves are just losing value, losing purchasing power. They're just sitting there in accounts, losing purchasing power. And so there's that. And then there's also the, the weaponization that we've seen. And this is, what, th- this is where Russia comes in. And this is, I think, where the, the Ukraine war comes in. Because in 2014, Russia was kicked out of the G8. Remember, it used to be the G8, but then Russia uh, annexed Crimea and so the G8, the the G the other G7 countries, kicked Russia out of the G8, and and the Russian sanctions, and now and now after the Iraq, uh, the Ukrainian war, we've got um, the we saw the the sanctions against Russia, and the freezing of Russian assets that were in dollars, and the the. Uh, denial of Russia being allowed to use the Swift system, being kicked off the Swift system. But of course, in 2014, Russia foresaw all that. They saw all that coming, and they developed their own system, the alternative to Swift. And so that's that's what I want to talk about. Is the so basically the the way the United States weaponized the dollar by by saying that oh you're using our reserve currency well we're not going to let you use it. And we're going to freeze your assets and we're going to kick you out of the system. They what they've done is they've they've made a lot of people the United States has made a lot of countries nervous. What if they what if you know South Africa or Saudi Arabia or uh Venezuela, well Venezuela but other other like Peru or or um Nigeria. What if these countries all find themselves somehow on the the uh, in disfavor? The United States just wakes up one day and says, "You know what? We don't like you. We don't like what you're doing. We don't like that you're not, you know, maybe cutting off the genitals of your children or something like that." And and uh, and they get kicked out of the uh, the of the Swift system or or. So basically, we are encouraging through our hubris. We're encouraging all of these countries to move away from the dollar. And there is already a, a group of countries called the BRICS, the BRICS, the B-R-I-C-S, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And they're a group and they are sort of a an a, a rival, an economic rival to the G7. And they have, they're, they're, their group is growing. And countries all over the world are asking to join them. Turkey, Nigeria, Iran, and Saudi Arabia. And which is really interesting because when you think about, um, when you think about Saudi Arabia and Iran are essentially enemies. They're essentially fighting a war in Yemen, uh, a proxy war in Yemen the Sunnis and the Shiites. And so they're kind of enemies, but they've both formally asked to be members of the BRICS group, which is, and then you've got other countries like uh, Argentina and uh, Egypt and Indonesia. Indonesia is a huge country. So these are all huge countries, not to mention India and China, each have 1.4 billion people. So you're talking about, You're talking about a group of countries. If all of these countries come together, Turkey is another one. Turkey, that's a NATO ally, a really strategically located NATO ally, uh, along with uh, the, well, Syria is not a NATO ally, but Syria is right next to them. So you've got all these countries that are, are, we are pushing them to to join, to, to sort of band together. And it's, and and if if they do, and if they decide to, if they all all decide to get together and stop using the dollar, we're in big trouble. The United States is in big trouble because nobody's going to want our dollars. Then what do we do? Because right now, that's all we have, right? We used to be a country that made things. We make things. Now, we still make some things. But... Like, you know, under under Donald Trump, one of the big things we made, one of the big things we produced was energy. We made energy. We drilled oil and natural gas and we sold it to the whole world. We became the biggest seller of oil and natural gas of energy in the whole world. And of course, Joe Biden and the Democrats have have, have put the kibosh on that. And and this is, you know, this is what I've been talking about for a long time, about about real things and how America is shifting away from real things and producing real things and we're just becoming a country of bureaucrats and paper pushers and media, you know, talking heads and college professors and we don't, we don't really do anything. We don't really... And meanwhile, all these other countries, the countries that mine gold, for example, you know, Russia is, is starting up their own gold... Uh, precious metals exchange essentially their own pricing mechanism because they believe that the LBMA, the London Bullion Market Association, uh, ha- is manipulating the currency or manip- manipulating the prices of precious metals. Same with the COMEX in in America, and and they're right. I mean that's exactly what what we've been doing, what we what our government has been doing, the UK government, the American government. We've been manipulating the prices of of uh, of precious metals to keep our currencies strong, because, you know, we, we can't let the precious metals, we can't let the price of precious metals in our current, in the U.S. dollar, we can't let it go up, because that means the dollar is weak, the dollar is worth less, and everybody will see, well, yeah, well, yeah the dollar is worth less. So... So we're pushing these people and, and it, you know, so I've got like, this kind of started, um, this kind of started with, with in 2017 where, because they're moving toward gold, the bricks, I think the bricks countries are going to get together and they're going to have a, they're going to have a, a currency that's backed by gold or, or maybe it's just going to be a basket of their currencies or, or maybe a. A basket of commodities it could be oil and gold, silver. You know, could be uh, could be a bunch of different things. But it's. I think they're going to have a they're going to have a currency based on real real things. And you know, 2017, Germany asked for their gold back. Now we've got all these these countries buying gold. Uh, the, the number of countries, the, the amount of gold being bought by central banks around the world is the highest it's been right now since, since 1967. So that's 55 years. The highest in 55 years. That the, the, the worldwide interest in gold. So that tells you something. These central banks are, are they want gold. They're buying gold. Russia china and china of course we don't really know how much china has we don't really know how much russia has russia is one of the biggest producers miners of gold but you've also got countries like peru and venezuela and uh uh, and you've got india india is a big buyer of gold turkey just bought their biggest the the most gold they've ever bought so and you know so you've got these so basically you have the i mean uh, it's really kind of the death of the west it's America. We've got all this debt. We're, we're, our debt to GDP level is well over 100% of GDP now. Our national debt is well over 100% of GDP. And we are one of the highest in the, country, in the world. Japan, of course, is the highest. They're an absolute disaster. So I, 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 like I've said before, I think I've mentioned this before, keep an eye on Japan, because that's going to be interesting, because Whatever happens in Japan is probably going to happen with us. But, but it's different, though, because we have the world's reserve currency for now. Uh, but, but yeah, there's only a few other countries, maybe 10 other countries, that have a worse debt-to-GDP ratio than we do. And, you know, then you've got, you've got countries like the BRICS. Look at the BRICS. You know, Russia has a 12% debt-to-GDP ratio. Ours is over 100%. China is fifty percent. We don't really know what China, you know, China. It's hard to know what the real numbers are. South Africa sixty-two percent. India sixty-nine percent. Brazil seventy-five percent. So you've got so you've got these countries are are, and there's a there's a and, and I, I also want to say BRICS is not some kind of a, it's not just some kind of thing that has kind of made up. It's a real thing. It's a formal. Uh, organization. They have an actual summit. They have a BRICS summit every year. So it's a real thing. It's a real, they have real institutions. You know, Russia has the, the alternative to the SWIFT system. I think it's the FSPS or SFPS or something like that system. the, they have the New Development Bank, which is basically China, and also the uh, Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, which is another China. I mean, China is the economic engine of of the BRICS, but Russia is really the, the ideological engine. And like, for example, and, I mean, l- l- one of the things that Putin said, I mean, look at, l- read what Putin says. And, you know, you can, you can criticize Putin all you want, but he said something like, I forget the exact quote was, um, was, good luck in the West, trying to uh, using your, trying to use your printed dollars to heat your homes and feed your children. Now think about that. Good luck trying to use your printed dollars to heat your homes and feed your children. Vladimir Putin said that. Man, that's, those are some strong words right there because he's right. He's totally right. <laughs> uh, and It's terrifying. Uh, so yeah, they've got the, the, the NDB as a, a the New Development Bank as an I, alternative to the IMF and the World Bank and the SWIFT system. So you've got these countries, like I said, Turkey, Nigeria, Egypt, Indonesia. You know, these are huge. Nigeria has 220 million people. It's a huge country. And and like I said, China is kind of the, the economic engine behind all this because they've got their, their Belt and Road Initiative, which they, they started in 2013. And what they're doing, see, I, I don't think China has is really ready to sort of cut off America but they're they're getting ready and you know they are building their their belt and road initiative is a, is largely an infrastructure their uh, initiative they're building their their trading partners up they're, they're they're building their network of trading partners for example they just built in in uh, Africa you know China's the biggest investor in Africa they just built a railroad from Djibouti to Nairobi. Djibouti is the port, to, uh, not Nairobi, uh, Addis Ababa. So Djibouti, but then they built another uh, another railroad from Mombasa to Nairobi, another port, Mombasa to to a huge city, 10 million people, in the more than 10 million people, 11 million people in the metropolitan area of Nairobi, huge country. So they're building, they they they're building their own. Sort of trading infrastructure, so that the Chinese, so they can they can put goods on a on a uh, ship in China, ship it to Mombasa, put it on a train that they built, and ship it ship that stuff to Nairobi, a huge country that's growing, and they're doing that all over Africa, and they're doing it all over everywhere. They're they're building a railroad to Singapore. They're building a railroad through the Himalayas through, through Nepal. Um, or to connect Nepal. So there, I mean, railroads all over the place. They build railroads from China to Russia. Uh, now you can, there's a railroad from China goes all the way to uh, to Europe. I think it goes to Spain. So or there's at least a connection. You could, you know, you can, there are continuous tracks running now from China to Spain. I'm pretty sure it's, it's Spain. So, you know, th- this is, and, and, and like I said, the, the, uh, the uh, gold and silver and the, the, the precious metals, they are, they're building up their supplies and, and one thing I want to add about that, Russia starting their own, it's going to be the Moscow World Standard, their, their own precious metals exchange because they're worried, because they've, they've complained that the West is manipulating the uh, prices. Well, Saudi Arabia and Iraq have both have also complained that the, that the West is manipulating oil prices to keep, keep, to keep the dollar uh, strong. So, uh, so look, and, and that's one of the things that we're doing, you know, we, like I said, Joe Biden's turning his back, I mean, America in general is turning its back on oil, on energy, and so Saudi Arabia, that's their, that's their bread and butter, right? So we're basically telling Saudi Arabia to go to hell. And I don't think Saudi Arabia is gonna like that very much. And so that's why Saudi Arabia is joining forces with the BRICS. We're driving all these people, all of these other countries, and it's the vast majority, when they're all together, it's gonna be the vast majority of the world's population and the vast majority of the world's GDP all in a group, basically in a rival to us, to the West, to America, to Europe, Canada. You know, look, at Canada's a podunk country with like 25 million people, something like that. Maybe 30, 35 million. Uh, Look at uh, Australia. They have, I think Australia has 26 million people. Small countries, these are small countries. You know, like I said, Nigeria has 220 million people. Egypt has a hundred million people. I don't even know. I I can't remember how many they have now. You know, Indonesia has hundreds of millions of people. Not to mention China and and Russia. Look at Brazil. Brazil, hundreds of millions of people. So, Brazil, I think, has has uh, more. You know, 200 million people. That's Russia has 145 million people. So, these are huge countries, and put them all together, and they're a huge population, and. We, we are our, our hubris, our arrogance is pushing them away and forcing them, basically pushing them to all join forces, and not necessarily against us, but against the dollar, and because we've abused the, the, the privilege of, of having the world's reserve currency, of issuing the world's reserve currency. And once this happens, look out. I mean, I think it's August is when the next, um, so we got about six months until the next summit, the next BRICS summit, which will probably be when they, when they announce the expansion of BRICS. The, they're gonna let all these new, new countries in. And I think that's going to be a, a, a momentous moment. It's gonna be a big moment because that's going to be when that I don't know that could be when the dollar really really starts to die because once people don't want our dollars what are we going to do with them and we got all these dollars they're going to come back to us so they're going to cuz we've been in, we've been exporting our inflation to the world and they're going to they're going to bring it back to us they're going to send us our dollars back because they don't want them anymore and then we're going to be flooded now we're going to have all these dollars and and so the prices are going to go up even more. And I think this is part of that whole of the whole uh, war in Ukraine. This is part of it. The people in Washington know what's going on, and they know that they've got to destroy Russia. And that's what this war in Ukraine is really all about. It's not about Ukraine. It's, ne- it's never been about Ukraine. Part of it is about the expansion of NATO. I mean, it's it's always been about the expansion of NATO and the, and the bringing Russia. Under our thumb, bringing Russia to heel, and and now it might get to the point where we have to crush Russia in order to survive, uh, or else our economy will will collapse. So it's really scary. So, <laughs> so uh, I wanted to do this episode about this, and um, you know, I wanted to talk about it, and uh, I, you know, what I'm terrified, and. We'll see where this all goes, but I think you need to, we all need to think about it and try to think about what we can do to protect ourselves uh, and get ready. So, all right, that's it. That is episode 133.